Hello, my name is Alan Knapp and I'm an editor for Functional Ecology and today I'm visiting with Thomas Hasper and Johan Udling, both with the Department of Biological and Environmental Sciences at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden. Thomas and Johan are authors on a paper soon to be published in Functional Ecology entitled Water Use by Swedish Boreal Forests in a Changing Climate. Thomas and Johan, welcome to the podcast and congratulations on a great paper. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you, Alan. So I have several questions to ask you. I've read your paper. It's really, really good. Um, uh, let's begin with you, Johan, and, and let's begin with some broad background about how plants and ecosystems in general um, are expected to respond to rising CO2 levels in the atmosphere in combination, of course, with warming temperatures. And then we can talk more specifically about the boreal forests of Europe and how they're expected to respond. Yes. So the general expectations on, on plant responses to carbon dioxide, you could say it, it's two good things. So with increased carbon dioxide, plants respond by increasing photosynthesis and mostly also productivity. Uh, and they also respond by partially closing stomata, the tiny little pores in the leaf surface, and thereby saving water. So increased productivity and water savings are, are expected plant responses to elevated CO2. Uh, the responses to temperature cannot be generalized in the same way because it will very much depend on where on earth you are. So if you're in a cold environment, then uh, an increase in temperature will be a positive thing, lengthening the growing season and speeding up soil processes and so on, stimulating uh, pr plant growth and productivity. Whereas if you're in a hot environment, then a temperature increase is, is uh, most likely a negative thing. Uh, with respect to uh, plant water use responses of elevated temperature, then uh, the expected response is that increased temperature will be followed by increased evaporative demand of the air, which will then increase plant water use. Uh, with respect to combined responses, to combined elevated carbon dioxide and temperature, then uh, I would say less is known since there have been quite few factorial experiments with both carbon dioxide and temperature, at least for trees. Mm -hmm. uh, so less is known about that, in particular for trees and in particular for boreal uh, tree species. Uh, otherwise, for, for the more specific boreal responses for boreal trees, the expected uh, response is that, that elevated carbon dioxide, elevated temperature would both increase photosynthesis and productivity by lengthening the growing season, stimulating soil processes, and so on, and carbon dioxide fertilization. For the water use response, it's less certain because it has been observed in many previous studies that gymnosperms, conifer trees, they often have a weak or, or maybe even lack a water-saving response to increased carbon dioxide. Uh, but we know quite little about the boreal forest responses because there have been few uh, ecologically realistic experiments on this. There have been a number of so-called free air carbon dioxide experiments, phase experiments on forests in the world, but none of those have been conducted in the boreal biome. Great. So, so, Thomas, your primary goal was to assess water use responses in these boreal forests in Sweden to climate change, to temperature and CO2. Can you describe, I, I thought your methods were relatively unique, can you describe how you did this, how you went about this? 
study? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, uh, so first we analyzed the leaf and canopy level responses to increase in CO2 concentration and or temperature of uh, uh, Norway spruce trees. So, and these trees were grown then in the whole tree chambers uh, at this Flokaliden research site in northern Sweden. So these uh, whole tree chambers, they are what, like large cuvettes or greenhouses, individual greenhouses. They are about 10 meters high and they are built around these trees, allowing them for the, the total control of, of carbon dioxide concentrations, water and temperature. Uh, so the trees inside these whole tree chambers, they, are, they were exposed then to combinations of ambient and elevated CO2 concentration. Uh, in this case, the elevated CO2 concentration was double the ambient concentration and ambient elevated air temperature. And uh, the elevated air temperature in these treatments were then uh, uh, ambient temperature plus three degrees during the summer and ambient temperature plus five degrees during the winter. Once the, the global warming is predicted that the higher temperatures will be on the winter. Uh, inside these chambers, so we could control then CO2 and water exchange, uh, and uh, we measured then continuously uh, this gas and water exchange in uh, both one-year-old shoots of the Norris spruce trees, but also in this whole tree uh, during the whole experimental time. Yeah, so the entire tree gas exchange, you could say, with the with the chamber functioning as a as a as a gas exchange cuvette. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, second, secondly, so we analyze also long-term patterns in evapotranspiration uh, using climate data as temperature and precipitation and runoff data for four large-scale forest catchments in central Sweden. Uh, just to put it like into perspective, uh, these catchments that we analyze, they cover around 20% of the total surface area of the country, of Sweden. So they are quite big representative areas. Uh, in these areas, around 73% of the total area, it was covered then by or Norway spruce and or Scots pine forests. So the dominant species in, this, in these areas. So that was the, the two different approaches that we combined to get the results for the study. Right. It certainly seems like a very powerful approach. So for many people won't have a chance to have read this paper when they're listening to this podcast. So perhaps uh, you could both uh, combine and, and summarize the main findings of the paper and its implications, not, not only for boreal forests, but more generally for ecosystems. Of course. So uh, what we found at, uh, at the leaf and canopy level, so we found that the increase in CO2 concentration, they have no short or long term effect on the stomatal conductors in these trees. And uh, the increase in temperature did not increase transpiration as we predicted. Once uh, stomatal conductant reductions that were observed, they compensated for the increase in vapor pressure deficit in uh, the measurements. Uh, so these findings, they agree with previous studies where we show, where it shows that like conifer trees lack, often lack or have weak stomatal responses to increasing CO2 concentration. Uh, and so considering that uh, boreal Swedish forests are mainly composed by conifer trees, so we can then speculate that like it's, then it's questionable that these forests will save water 
uh, under the horizon CO2 concentration scenario. So at the catchment scale, uh, we found that in the last 50, 50 years, evapotranspiration significantly increased by around 20% in the forested areas analyzed in central Sweden. And that this increase in evapotranspiration could then be linked to positive effect of increasing natural precipitation that was observed and to the observed 31% increase in standing forest biomass during this period of analysis. So uh, this means that there was no CO2-induced water savings over time in this area. So we believe that uh, these results would have important implications then for projections of future boreal biosphere-atmosphere interactions. And uh, once they indicate that the current projections of stomatal conductance and tree water use under rising CO2 concentration and will not hold for this European part of the boreal forest biome. Mm -hmm. And if, if looking at other uh, systems, other ecosystems and biomes in the world, we think that, that our findings do have some general applicability in that the structural effects, so the effects on stand structure are as important or even more important than the physiological responses and that these structural responses likely need to be improved in, in many models where the physiological responses may be uh, captured but the implications of, of climate change and land use change and forest management and so on on uh, forest structure may be poorly represented. And we also think that forests in general, if you look at the phase experiments, these free air carbon dioxide experiments conducted, then only in one out of five of these experiments there was a water saving observed. And in the other four it was either a water use increase or no significant change. So that the, the even if often stomatal conductance is decreased at the leaf level, then there will be structural effects with higher canopy leaf area and so on that compensate or more than compensate for this. So we do think that, that, that these structural effects are very important and in, in many forests which are, are heavily managed, that also the management act aspect needs to be considered. Uh, yeah. So we have just a minute left. Um, if I could end with one final question. This, this idea of, of forest standing biomass increasing over the last 50 years is intriguing. And you, and you said in your paper it's likely not due to management overall because unmanaged forest biomass was also increasing. Do you, do you, how long do you expect or do you expect this biomass increase to continue? And if it eventually stops, how is this likely to affect forest responses to climate change? Yeah, uh, we would not expect it to uh, diminish over the coming decades because in Sweden we have a particular situation with we basically have no forest fires and we have very intensive forest management with 90% of our forest being heavily managed for wood production. And we need the forest for timber and pulp and climate change mitigation and so on. And, and the, these demands for forests are not likely to decrease in the future. So we think it will be an in increasing trend also into the future. 
But on top of that management aspect, we also believe that the climatic change with increasing temperature in carbon dioxide and precipitation will continue to stimulate plant water use through uh, increased nitrogen mineralization in the soil, enhanced growing season uh, length, and so on. Well, great. Well, 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 Thomas and Johan, it was great visiting with you. It's, it's a really nice paper. I hope all of our readers have a chance to take a look at it. Um, and uh, congratulations on this paper, and, and best of luck in your future research. Thank you very much, Thank Alan. Thank you, Alan. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.